Welcome to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Every week, we'll be talking shop with lacrosse goalies, coaches, and special guests. This is the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast. Now your host, Coach Damon Wilson. Ah, uh, yeah! Goalies from around the world, welcome to the Lax Goalie Rap Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Damon Wilson, and this is the only show purely dedicated to our marvelous position. Marvelous. That is a great word that I need to use more often. We got another great episode for you this week. It's Nick Morocco. He's currently with the Boston Cannons in the MLL, and prior to that, he racked up a slew of awards playing his college ball at Georgetown. Nick's a great guy, very positive outlook on life and in the game, and loves to talk about this position and help everyone out there. And I hope you enjoy this conversation with Nick Morocco. Before we get into today's podcast, I want to read a word from our sponsor, and that is my own online lacrosse goalie camp. We're right in the swing of fall ball, which means lacrosse season is right around the corner. And if you want to be prepared to coach an elite lacrosse goalie, you've got to check out my online lacrosse goalie camp. It's the only lacrosse goalie training program that covers everything you need to know in a simple, organized, and easy-to-follow format. That's why parents or coaches who know nothing about the position of a goalie are able to train their goalies. This camp gives you the power it gives you the tools, and it's available at laxgoalierat.com slash goal. That's laxgoalierat.com slash goal. All right, my next guest on the Lax Goalie Rat podcast is Nick Morocco, who played at Georgetown University. I should say dominated at Georgetown University and is now um, in the MLL. Uh, Nick, welcome to the show. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. So I always like to start at the beginning. Um, you know, maybe you could tell the story about when you first jumped into goal, uh, what age or kind of your start in lacrosse and your start with the, uh, with the goalie position. Yeah, it's been, it's been a long road for sure. I, um, started playing lacrosse when I was fairly able to walk. My, both my sisters played, they're eight, nine years older than me. Um, they played at University of Richmond. They both went there to play together. So since I was really young, they put a stick in my hand. My dad was always really into sports, never played lacrosse, but always super into sports, played hockey and all that. So he he was one to really push me into the sport as well and um, played attack for a while up until about middle school, started playing a little bit of goalie, really was into it, but decided to split both attack and goalie until around seventh or eighth grade. Then finally – Went and talked to my dad. Was like, all right, I'm gonna stick to goalie. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try it out, and just stuck, stuck to it from there. And it's haven't turned back since. I love it. Nice, as do I. So it sounds like your your older sisters are like, Nick, get in the goal. We need, we need somebody to shoot on, huh? Exactly. <laughs> Got that right. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, was it one of those things that came really naturally, uh, the position of goalie for you, or was there like a camp or a moment or a I don't know, like a learning thing that just made it all click? Um, I think it, it came pretty natural. One of my sisters was a goalie, so that helped a lot, just positioning. And she had goalie coaches who I'd, I would go out and watch what they were doing. So that really helped. And then I think just when I was young in middle school, having 
some of those older players. Um, one of my good buddies, his brother's Max Kanzani. So he would, uh, he would help us out a lot. He would be shooting out, out there with us. So I think that really helped being able to play against older players who had a lot of experience in the game. And I got a lot more confident through that. And obviously at times it was not easy. They would score a lot on me, but uh, I think that allowed me to really develop that mental toughness and, and just kind of elevate my game. And as I developed through high school and college, I think that's really helped me a lot. Cool. Yeah. Later in the, later in the conversation, we'll talk about the mental game, dig into that, but how, how would, um, you know, each goalie kind of plays a different way, right? You know, in terms of their arc or their the way they step or how they hold their hands and their stance. How would you describe your, you know, your style of, of goalie play? Yeah, I think I I play in more of a mid-arc. I don't like to jump out too much because I like to, you know, I, I like to rely on my reflexes. So I think that's a big thing for me. I'm, I'm a more of a hands goalie, but Going into college, I definitely developed a lot more, a lot better fundamentals in, in high school. My goalie coach was Tillman Johnson. So he, um, in middle school and early high school, I was definitely strictly just hands kind of reactive to the ball. And I mm-hmm. had, had pretty quick hands, so that's helped me a lot, a lot. But working with Tillman in high school, he definitely developed me into more of a fundamental goalie. And uh, working on my angles and just my play on my arc, I think that's been really able to me to – elevate my game to the next level and then I think that that's definitely huge for college because you know even one second or half a second can change it from a save to a goal and I sure. think that's definitely I mean even in one goal games you need those saves so that's definitely big yeah for sure did that did your style evolve as you as you went up to the different levels high school college MLL and and if so like how what were the changes yeah definitely um I think every level you step up, it's just a little bit faster. Um, obviously, a little bit just because the of the type of players you're playing against. You know, in college, you're playing against some great players. Um, but then once you get to MLL, it's you're playing against the best of the best. Right. And then uh, along with that is the rule changes. Um, I think just the MLL is a lot more faster because of the shot clock. And, you know, the college game might be like that soon. But I think I definitely started off high school. I was more – or early high school, I was more of just a hands goalie than – started to develop when I started when I actually started in high school I started to develop more of the fundamentals and um, playing my angles and then obviously using my hands as well Um, and then going into college um, the game was a lot faster as I talked about so that that was when I tried to really tweak a few things um, and work with my goalie coaches to you know if there was little things as, as far as if I was even just dragging my back foot that slight slight change can you know, create one or two saves a game. And that's just huge for not only me, but my team. And I think that's really helped me a ton. And then, you know, going into MLL, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, but I had guys around me that were helping me out. Tyler Fiorito was really, um, really, really helpful as far as just telling me how the game, the MLL worked. It was mm. super fast. So it was a lot more shots. And a lot of times, you know, you got to kind of stand, stand tall and, try to take up a lot of angle instead of just reacting mm-hmm. so I developed a little bit of a mix where I I do love to use mostly my hands but I've I've learned you gotta at times stay tall and just hold down your port yeah interesting do you um let me ask it this way if you could go back and do it all over again would you learn it that way would you would you progress that way like start as just purely hands purely reaction and then 
build on top of that? Or do you think that was just like, if you were coaching a youth goalie, is that how you would coach it? Or is that just a product of kind of how you learned? I think it's definitely a product of how I've learned. Uh, it's hard to say would I go back and change it. Um, I think a big thing for goalies is that quickness, obviously hand, hand quickness, but I think feet too. So I think if you have those things, you can kind of build off of that. But I definitely think if you have a good goalie coach um, starting young, at a young age and building off of that going forward into the college and professional level, I think that's definitely crucial. And I think that would be a lot easier to grow your game faster. Um, I mean, I see a lot of goalies working with when I was trying to coach in um, high school with my club team or in college with my club team. Um, there's a lot of goalies who just have really good fundamentals now because they have the access to a lot of coaches and some great, great um, former players who are able to show them what they've done. And, and when they're able to take that, those fundamentals and build off of that, and if they have that quickness, I think you know, they can elevate their game just a lot faster. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What is your um what does your goalie training regimen look like in terms of the drills, I don't know, exercises, getting your body uh prepared to make saves? What what does that look like? Yeah, so uh we did a lot of work in college. It was it was definitely very frequent. You know, we would practice every day and often in the fall was it was great in the fall because you can go out and work on your work on your game a little bit extra outside of just the playing field we would go into the squash courts and um, we wouldn't, me and the goalies would go with our lacrosse sticks and, and play squash, but with our goalie sticks. So. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so it was really fun, uh, fun way to incorporate the game. Um, and then um, basically a lot of, a lot of the most days were starting off working on fundamentals. So just making sure uh, my angles were correct. Uh, my arc was correct. And then, a lot of times with my goalie coach, we would start out with just hand drills, no stick. Yeah. Um, and they're building up to a stick and then doing different drills as far as that goes. Um, but I think for me, I like to make sure, especially before games, I think it's just all about quickness for me because I try not to think too much when I'm in games. So I, we typically pregame have a, um, a drill. We stand in a circle with three or four goalies and we'll just throw back and forth, get two balls going. Um, just to work on that quickness and then occasionally just jumping the line, um, just working the foot quickness. So I think for me, it's the main focus has been when I'm in season, it's foot quickness and hand quickness. And then when I'm in the fall or winter season, it's mostly um, positional and then obviously incorporating some of that quickness. But the positional is great just when you're in your off season so you can tweak, tweak a few things, watch film, and then really kind of go into the season knowing you you have those strong fundamentals and you can just kind of try to elevate your game a little bit game by game. Nice. Nice. Third episode in a row squash has been mentioned. Really nice. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I played the other day and it's tough. I get it. You know, cause you're like changing directions, exploding it's reaction, stamina. Exactly. Um, it's a great, yeah. I have never played with the lacrosse sticks though. So I'll have to give that one a run. You gotta try that out sometime. It's lacrosse squash. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, how about, was there a time in your career where you were a backup goalie and how did you continue to, uh, you know, improve your game while not getting the runs with the number ones or not getting the starts? Yeah. In, um, my first two years in high school, I was a backup. Uh, we had a really good, we had a really good team 
that year in Duxbury High School. So it was definitely tough being a backup when you obviously you're aspiring to be the starting guy and help out your team. But I think just understanding the little things, what you need to do better. Uh, I think that at that point in my career, I definitely didn't have the fundamentals down totally. I didn't, my positioning and all that was, was not perfect. So I definitely, that pushed me a little bit to, to be better in that aspect. Um, and so I went out and worked with Tillman Johnson a lot. He helped me a ton. But I think just understanding, you know, taking a step back and, and really understanding what you need to work on and what your what your few weaknesses you have that you can work on each day, I think that'll really be able to bring you to the next level and not just worrying so much about that you're the backup, but really trying to understand what you can do better. Um, and then coming into the season with the Cannons, um, Tyler Fiorito, he was a starter and uh, being able to learn from him was, was really awesome. I think, you know, if you see a guy in front of you, especially who is a veteran guy or even who's been playing a few years and has some knowledge of, of the game at that level, being able to take a few things out of, out of his game and really, really understand, you know, what, what you can use in your game and kind of elevate yourself. I think that's awesome. And if you have a guy like that who will take the time out of, out of his day or his pregame regimen to, to show you the ropes, I think that's awesome. Yeah. That's how I learned quite a bit of my goalie play was the guy, the guy in front of me, the starter, just kind of emulating, you know, the drills he did, the way he played. And I think that's an important thing. And I also like that point you mentioned um, about not necessarily like, oh, crap, I'm not the starter and getting down on yourself, but just focusing on getting better. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think because it helps everyone. It helps you. It helps the number one goalie. It helps the team. You know, you push, you're pushing everyone to get better. Um, if, if you focus on that. Yeah, as long as you have that competitive edge, I think, you know, it's going to help your team, help yourself, help the starter goalie for sure. Yeah. Uh, besides Tillman and Tyler, who are some other um, goalie uh, folks that you look up to or that you learn from? Yeah, I, when I was growing up, I was a big fan of Scotty Rogers. Um, I really liked watching him in college. And, you know, the energy he brought, that was something I took away Um especially and then just trying to take that and bring that into my game um I think you know a big part of the goalie position is being that leader and it's not always the easiest thing to do especially when you when you're coming into a new level of play I think it can be tough but you gotta like see Scotty Rogers he's he commands the defense he's a loud and vocal person and I think that shows in his game he's a really strong presence um and I think I've really definitely taken that away and you know, like I said, it's not really easy, especially, you know, when I came into college, um, starting with freshman year, you're trying to tell guys who are three or four years older than you what to do. And that's not the easiest thing to do as a, as a freshman and 18 year, 18 year old, mm-hmm. um, you kind of got to gain that trust and build a relationship with your, with your teammates first, and then understand that you both are, have that same goal in mind and, and once you develop that relationship, I think it's huge just to command your defense and have that trust and, and that, uh, that presence on the field. Yeah, that's a really good point. How, how did you go about doing that at Georgetown? Like what, what, um, what were some keys or some things you could share about how a young goalie coming in? Cause, cause I understand exactly what you're saying. Like if you're a new goalie, very young kid, like a goalie needs to be, a leader of the team, but you're in the situation where you're a freshman and you're not necessarily a leader. So it's, so it's difficult. I'm curious how you, how you went about that. Yeah. I think, like I said, building that relationship is big. 
not only just with, you know, the defensemen on your team, but everyone from the seniors to the freshmen, you got to develop a relationship with each and every one because, I mean, the goalie is like the quarterback of the team. You, you kind of – your play dictates what happens if the offense gets the ball, if the defense is in a good flow. So I think you got to kind of have a relationship with a lot of people on the team in order to be successful. And then I think just as far as, you know, commanding your defense, I think you got to – not be too shy. I think, you know, you know, you got to be loud and vocal, not in a way that you're yelling at your defense and being negative, but if something goes poorly and you let up a goal, you got to bring everyone in. Um, be, if you have to be commanding and tell someone what they did wrong, but in, in an instructional way where they will understand and, and know what they did wrong so that they could change that in the next play. But mm-hmm. uh, develop that relationship, they'll start understanding and respect what you're saying. I think, that, and then I think that's really huge. So I think just commanding, commanding that defense, especially if you're coming into the freshman, um, and really understanding that you know these guys have a lot more experience. So being able to take advice from them, but also being not shy, not too shy as to not wanting to give them advice, because I think once they know you're an actual leader, you'll all be a lot more of a cohesive unit. Totally, yeah, I. I building up that trust is huge. Cause if you come in there as an 18 year old kid and start, you know, trying to boss people around, like, you don't, you don't have that trust built up yet. Whereas, you know, you, you get to know these guys off the field and they kind of see what you're made of personality wise and they see how dedicated you are. And then they see you make some saves and, and that your understanding, your knowledge of the defense is high. Like they'll start to listen to you a little bit more, especially because the goalie has such, a unique position, a unique angle on the field. Like no one else has that angle, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It can be a, it can be a tough position for sure. But once you, you do establish yourself, it's, it's really fun. It really is. Yeah. Are you, um, what about pregame rituals? Are you a big pregame ritual kind of guy? Um, I, so it really depends on the year. Every year I seem to change something up a little bit. Um, I will say one thing that has stuck with me is, the night before a game, always a uh, chicken parm guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, love, I love the Italian food before the game, so that's one big thing. And then I think just the day of a game, um, right before, I'm not, I'm not too vocal before the game. I like to really um, think by myself and try to like picture the game happening and and get myself in the zone. Um, which is unique because obviously goalie has to be vocal. So I kind of wait till the game happens. Um, and then what I used to do is stand in front of a mirror and for each shot in each position, I used to like act out the, the same. Yeah. Um, I see myself doing it. And I still do that, but I do it less. I used to do it every single position. Um, but now I just do it a few times before the game just so I can see myself and know that I'm feeling calm and ready. And then, yeah, that's basically it, though. I just it's it's a lot of mental stuff and just knowing that I'm calm and ready to go into the game. And once I'm in that game, being vocal and really being in charge out there, and I think just having that confidence is huge. Yeah, that's interesting. You say it changed because mine did too. Like my, I I started my junior and senior year in college, and um, my junior year I was more, you know, to myself, listening to music, kind of getting my head right. And then my senior year, I was a captain and felt like I really needed to get the troops like loose and kind of prepared. So I was more, a lot more vocal. But yeah, it, it changes. 
it definitely does change it. But I think it just depends on, I don't know, a lot of things, I guess. So many factors. Yeah. Yeah. yeah a bunch of different factors. Cool. How about, uh, let's, let's, let's touch on the mental game. Um, since, you know, that's a huge element of being an elite goalie is just re- being mentally tough. What are, uh, what are some things you do to, to remain mentally tough? Yeah, a lot of it is, um, well, even just positionally, um, I try to talk to myself during when I'm playing. So if the guy's coming down the alley, I'll, sit, I'll tell myself in my head, just hold, hold, hold. So I'm not getting to that pipe too early. But, you know, I think the mental game is definitely huge, like you said. Um, you know, if, if you get scored on and you're if you're thinking about that, that goal while the next play is happening, that's just not a good recipe for for uh for the next play i think you know you got to kind of brush it off and have a short-term memory mm-hmm. um it's definitely not the easiest thing to do there's been times where i've gotten scored on and thought i should have saved it and you know that sticks in your head a little bit but you kind of just got to wash it and be like all right i'm i'm like i know how i can play um just tell yourself i'll, I'll tell myself like you're a beast you're a beast all right you got the next you got this next shot if you're even if I'm letting in, if I let in four or five goals in a row, you just got to tell yourself, have that confidence that you know you're in, in your ability and just focus on the next shot at hand. Because if, if you don't have that, it can, it can slowly or it can actually drastically fall into a five or six goal run. And that's just not good for your team. So it's the mental game is huge. And I think over time, as you grow and um, mature, definitely with age, I think that's something that's that's helped me a lot, and I think now at the professional level, um, I've definitely been able to to hone into my mental game and try to perfect that. Especially, it's huge for this level with the amount of shots that are that are taken. Yeah, I was gonna say when you get at each level, because the shooters get, um, or well, they shoot faster and more accurate. There's more goals, so it's like yeah, at each level you got to again re- readjust yourself mentally. Um, but is there, was there like, um, you know, in college you're used to giving up, I don't know, like let's say seven or eight goals a game. And now all of a sudden in the MLL, it's like 15, 16 yeah. goals a game. So was there like a mental, I don't know, I guess when you first got to the MLL and you're like, crap, I'm giving up a lot of goals. Were you comparing it to college or did you, had you already made that mental switch? I, I think I already made that mental switch. I, I w- actually, I wouldn't say I made that mental switch, but I knew going in that um it's a much different game and there's a lot gonna be a lot more goals that are scored so mm-hmm. I, I I kind of I had an idea going in as to what I needed to do and where I need to be at um but it's definitely it's still an adjustment I've been playing for four games now and I'm still trying to figure out you know what's gonna elevate me and mentally how I can adjust to that because it's it's definitely tough when you're getting 15 goals a game opposed to like yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> It's not as it's not as great, but you gotta understand just what your team needs in order to be successful. And obviously, it's a lot faster with the shot clock. So, if you get, you know, even just little things like if you're making clean saves and getting the ball up, so that the your offense can start there, um, you know, they can just get the offense going off faster. I think that's just something like little little tiny things like that um, can really elevate your game and your team. And I think just not only focusing on just the goals, but the other things in your play, like clearing that can, mm-hmm. that can really help you a lot is something that I'm trying to, I'm trying to do for, especially for the professional level. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, I like that, that mental, not even mental, like talking to yourself, hold, 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 you know, yeah. for when someone's coming down the alley, 
as sort of a verbal reminder, mental reminder, not to get off your arc or, you know, get, mm-hmm. get to the pipe too quick. Is there anything else like that? Like any other things that you're telling yourself as the game's going on? Just curious. Um, yeah, I think, you know, I think that I, I definitely say a lot of things. I can't even, I can't think right now as far as specifics. Um, but definitely the positional stuff is big because when you're in the game, in the heat of the moment, you don't really, you're not really thinking of your position, your positioning. Um, but obviously, obviously the a big, a big help to that is um, just practicing over time and you develop that, that instinct to, to stick to that, your, your fundamentals. But I think just telling myself, you know, holding there or staying tall, stay tall, stay tall, because I used to, I think it was maybe sophomore year of college or junior year, I had a tendency to start dropping my hands. Mm, yeah. With guys. So um, we worked on that a lot in the fall. Um, but I think going into the spring, I would definitely just tell myself, you know, stay tall, stay tall, stay tall. So I could just rely on my instincts and, and my quickness. Just, I know, I knew if it was a low shot, I'd be able to get there. But if I was dropping too quick, I can't really, it's hard to get back up. Right. Um, I think just telling, telling myself fundamentally, um, my positioning was really big. Um, and then other things, I think, like I said, just the confidence piece is, is human is huge just for how you're going to play throughout a full game. You know, there's, there's never going to, you're never going to have a game where, or I mean, it's rare if you're going to have zero goals. So being able to tell yourself after a goal that, everything's fine. You're going to be, you're going to get that next one. I think it's really big, even if it's not your, your best game of the year, you really need to learn how to have that voice inside your mind and be able to control that voice is I think huge. And it's hard to give advice as to how exactly to do that. You kind of have to know your own mental game a little bit, but I think just starting up by telling yourself, you know, even just little things as silly as, silly as it sounds telling yourself like you're a beast and you're going to make that next shot. Um, just knowing and, and running that through your head and being able to have that confidence is just huge for especially the goalie position. Yeah. It's those positive affirmations. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And you're a beast. Uh, I was talking, I don't know if you know, Chris Buck a couple episodes ago, he, mm-hmm. he, you know, he, he suggested throwing in you're an effing beast, like really, <laughs> adding some attitude to it, um, you know, to really pump yourself up. But it's that positive um, affirmation that even after you give up a goal or when you make a save, you're constantly telling yourself because you can control your mental thoughts. And if you feed it crap, you're going to get crap. But if you feed it positivity and and confidence, you're going to get that as well. So, yeah, no, it's definitely, it's definitely a learning experience. I think Um, I I feel like a lot of goalies don't really, especially at a young age, don't, realize how important that is the mental game um but i think you know i think it's just as important as being able to be fundamentally sound as a goalie so if you know if there's young goalies out there who are starting to take the steps to really understand their mental game and and what they need to do to be to control that i think that'll just really help them at the next level totally yeah um the ncaa just brought in the dive and um it's in the MLL. So do you, is that something like, do you have any tips on how to stop the dive? Honestly, I've been trying to figure it out myself. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I do kind of like it though, because the thing that thing that would frustrate me is when, when guys would be coming close to the net and shooting and if, if it went in, but I would think that he was in the crease, but really the ref would say that he's pushed. 
Yeah. Like there's always this this dilemma of whether he was pushed or if he if he dove when he was shooting. So I think that was just frustrating because if I mean even if it's a a late goal and they score like that and you think he's in the crease, it's just really it's demoralizing to you know your defense and it's frustrating to not know because the refs you know it's it's tough to put that responsibility in their hands. So I think it will be good for the game, but as far as how to save it. Um, you know, if guys are coming around the net, I typically try to hold as long as possible. But I found with the dive and pros, you kind of got to anticipate a little bit and try yeah. to follow their stick. Because, I mean, most times if they're diving, they're not going to – I mean, they can make one. At this point in the show, we had a little technical difficulty, and it took us just a few minutes to get connected again. Okay, cool. Uh, so you were right in the middle of talking about how you defend the dive. Do you want to – do you want to oh, yeah, yeah. try, try and recap um, that again? Basically talking yeah. about how you hold the pipe as long as possible, but with the dive, you might need to alter it. Yeah, with uh, in the MLL, it's a little different. So with the dive, I think basically, I think in my opinion, guys can, when they're diving, they can make one, one hard fake and shoot, but I don't think they're going to be able to make a lot of fakes. So what I try to do is really try to follow their stick and try to stay stick on stick and kind of anticipate where they're going to be um in order to to really stay on top of that ball because if you're holding especially with the dive they can just they're going to have a much better angle um so I think definitely the biggest thing is try to stay stick on stick is what I I tell myself um I think that's going to be huge but obviously I'm still trying to figure out the whole dive game so it'll it'll be some adjusting and we'll, we'll see what happens yeah yeah it'll be interesting to see how it plays out um and I know you're talking earlier about how it's such a difficult before the dive, it's such a difficult call for the refs of whether or not they're in the crease because there's defense pushing and, and he's jumping. And, of course, according to goalies, they're always in the crease when they score, right? Yeah, <laughs> Everyone's in the crease. He was at the crease. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I, I do think anticipation is going to be a key element, kind of reading when the guy's his body language of when he's going to go for a far post dive and just right. feeding him to that spot. It's kind of the only thing I see. Yeah, um, and if you're a bigger dude like Scott Rogers, you can just, you know, give people the business and make sure that they think twice about jumping into the crease, you know? Yeah, um, definitely. I don't, how, how tall, how tall are you? I'm six feet. Okay. Pretty good size goalie. Yeah. So I'm five, eight. So I don't, I don't, that's not my game. <laughs> right. Yeah. But no, I think, I think, uh, one of the other things is just like, I think the angle play there can be big too. It's just stepping 45 or no, not seven forty five. I try to step like more down the line a little bit lateral so, yeah yeah exactly trying to step laterally and take up more of that net just finding that right angle but um again you know the, the dive is it's an interesting part of the game so there might be some changes with goalie play with in, in regards to that i'll start testing it out a little bit all right well let me know what you find huh <laughs> cool um and then thank you so much for doing this by the way this, this has been really great i i guess my couple final questions what if you could tell uh like leave one parting piece of advice for a young goalie out there listening what uh what would you say to them yeah I would just say putting that extra work whenever whenever you have time um I think the big thing that really um pushed me to be better when I was in college is um putting an extra time on Sundays you know uh it's obviously especially in college goalies you'll you'll find that 
it's, it's a really, really busy schedule. You have a lot of work and even in high school, you have a lot of school work, but really finding that time in your day to go out and, and get some extra work in. Um, I think we, we had, we had like a Sunday breakfast, breakfast crew, what we would, we would call it in college and we would all go out, get, get food and then go out and play and put in, get, getting some extra shots on Sundays. So I think that was really big, just trying to put in some extra work and, and that was oftentimes in the off season. So I'd, through that, I would find out little things that I'm doing wrong. And um, if I was had little parts of my game that I was, you know, doing incorrectly that I hadn't been doing before, I could change that leading up to the season. So I think definitely putting in a little bit, a little bit more work in the off season is huge. And then I think just being honest with yourself, um, you know, that's obviously it's not the easiest thing to do at times, but I think just understanding what you do right. That's awesome, but really understanding what you can, what you do wrong, and taking advice from especially goalie coaches and other experienced people in the game. If you can really take that advice to heart and put it, put that in your game, I think that's gonna really take you to a whole new level that you you just didn't know you could reach. And I think that's really a big thing for especially for young goalies. Awesome, well said. Uh, final question: What what's your stick setup these days? Oh yeah. Um, so I have, I've gone, I used to do the clips for a while, STX clips, mm-hmm. but they start breaking on me a lot um, in the wintertime. So I went to the STX shield and I have loved it. Um, really? Yeah, I absolutely loved it in college. Still using it right now. Um, unless I have to change, I will be sticking with that. As far as the shaft, I'm not too picky on the shaft. Yeah. Um, I used a Maverick shaft all through college, which was great. Um, just got a string King shaft trying to gonna try that out, but not too picky on the shaft game. Definitely, definitely a picky on my heads. I don't like to change mesh very much, um, which is, can be a problem because it'll rip all the time in college and my coach will not be very happy with me, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> I tend to stick to what I have and, not changing up too much. Twelve diamond mesh. Um, I honestly I changed up. I think I have eighteen right now, and then I have one with twelve. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. And then you're going to uh, start working for Trilogy Lacrosse pretty soon. You're telling yeah. me before we hit record here. So what what'll what'll be what will we be up to there? I'm going to be a sales and marketing associate there. So um, helping a lot of with their event sales and marketing of their events, and also I'll, I'll be working some of their events, tournaments, and camps, which will be awesome. Stay, uh, stay involved in the game, work with some young players. I'm really excited about that. Um, Trilogy does an awesome job with their events. So I think, you know, I think being able to stay involved in the game and um, impact as much as I can, I'm, that's the biggest thing for me. I really want to stay involved, and um, especially while I'm playing, um, being able to do a lot with the game has always been something, big passion of mine. So I'm really excited about the opportunity. Great. Congrats. Wish, wish you luck there. And um, if people want to learn more about you, where, where should they go? Um, they can go. So there's one thing we, I've been working with is Athlete Drive. Um, we're trying to help out kids as far as lessons go, but it's electronic. Um, it's trying to make that, that process a lot faster for kids who are, you know, all the way country, across the country or even in other countries. They can go to Athlete Drive and get lessons through that put up they can put up film and be able to be critiqued by different players um not just goalies but you know attack midis anyone face up guys 
um, they can learn through that. That's one way you can find me. And then you can follow me on Instagram, Nick Morocco one. And yeah, I'll be all over that. So I'm like, I'm excited to get out in the lacrosse world uh, this fall with Trilogy. And so you can follow me there and I'll, I'll be out and about. Awesome. Nick, thank you so much. This has been really great. I'm sure everyone learned quite a bit uh, from this episode. So thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It was awesome. Yeah. Take care. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Nick Morocco. Always great to talk with these pros. You know, these guys are professional athletes. They're the best at this sport, the best at this position. And they got there for a reason. And you can really tell with their mental attitude, their approach to the game, why they're the greatest. So I hope you learned some things with that conversation with Nick. If you're looking for the elite lacrosse goalie training, be sure to check out my online lacrosse goalie camp. You can get that at laxgoaliewrat.com slash goal. Laxgoaliewrat.com slash goal. We are right in the middle of fall ball. So get out there, get your work in, make a determination to dominate when the season comes in the spring. Take care. Be well. I'm Coach Damon Wilson. You've been listening to the Lax Goalie Rat Podcast with your host, Coach Damon Wilson.